Amen. Well, speaking of love this morning, you know what I would love? And I've said this for years. I would love to go back into time about 100 years and grab a really good doctor and then bring them back into the present to see the look on their face as they would watch this tiny camera being fed up through an artery and seeing the inside of a heart displayed on a screen. Can you imagine how that would make them feel, right? Um, to, To watch robotic surgery to see an MRI machine in in action and see, you know, what all that they can see inside of a human body, organ transplants, right? Just incredible, incredible stuff. Or to witness something um, so common to us, but to them would be nothing short of a miracle, would be antibiotics, right? How much we have been able to uh, take care of with something just take a few pills, right? Uh, amazing, amazing. I'm sure that a lot of these things were foreseen. You know, they say yesterday's uh, science fiction is tomorrow's reality. Um, like William Shatner going up into space. How cool was that? Um, but I mean, someone had to imagine these things at some point in time, right? At least in theory, before they could become a reality. But I'm sure even the early dreamers would be amazed at what you and I actually experience in our day to day. And it's the same with the people of God. They could see glimpses through the prophetic writings uh, of what was up ahead. But even Hebrews says that many of the spiritual heroes that we read about in the Old Testament, they all died in faith, never having received what was promised. But we have it. You and I, we have the things that they could only dream about. And part of our faith journey, it's interesting, I've really thought about this last uh, number of years. Part of a big part of our faith journey is realizing what actually happened for us at the cross. Not only realizing it, but appropriating it and experiencing what Jesus actually accomplished for us. Keep coming back there, keep coming back there to discover. And experience. Because uh, as you know, being saved is much more than just having our sins forgiven and going to heaven someday when we die, right? Right? And I have a big amen on that. It's a whole lot more than just that. In our next section in John, Jesus is telling the disciples about some of the incredible things that they could only dream about but things that are now available to you and to me. I want to look at some of them this morning. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. And again, this is, they've they've completed the Last Supper, right? Jesus, after this, they're going to go out. They're going to go into the garden. Jesus is going to be arrested and uh have a couple of illegal trials. He'll be sentenced to death. He'll die on the cross. 
So he is about, and he knows what's going to happen. So he is about to leave. So here he is telling his disciples some very, very important things that we're going to get into John 14, 15, 16 ish. He says this beginning of verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live in that day. Now, if you're one to mark your Bible or circle something in your Bible, circle or underline in that day. In that day, you will know that I am in the father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keep them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I want to share with you a a two-part message uh, entitled, In That Day. In That Day. Notice, first of all, that Jesus says, in that day, not on that day. He's not talking about a 24-hour period, right? Uh, How many many times you say, well, in my day, we did this, Right? So we're talking about an era. We're talking about a season. We're talking about something. Jesus is saying something is coming up ahead. Not a not a 24 hour period, but a but an era, if you will. Talking about a course of time and events, things that could not be yet. Because he hadn't died on the cross yet. Okay, he hadn't offered his blood on the altar in heaven. He hadn't atoned for the sins of humanity. He hadn't sat down at the right hand of the father as king of kings and Lord of lords. But now he has. Now he has. So because of that, we are living in that day that Jesus talked about. That day is our day. So what happens in that day? In that day, verse 15, those who love me will keep my commands. In that day, verse 16, the father will give you another helper. In that day, verse 18, I will come to you. In that day, verse 19, the world won't see me, but you will see me. In that day, verse 20, you will know that I am in the father and you in me and I in you. And in that day, verse 21, the father will love you and I will love you and I will manifest myself to you. Lots of things happening in that day, in our day. So here, but here are the disciples, right? Like that doctor from the past, and they're listening to these words. They're trying to imagine these future events, right? They they couldn't even fully grasp what he was telling them. But you and I, because we live in that day, we can experience it all fully. Look at them again. Jesus says, And verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We talked about that one in depth last week. This is going to be a relationship not not, not built on the law, but built on love. Notice here, though, that Jesus doesn't start at this point with in that day. So why am I including it in this? Because, again, in that day, the relationship between God and human beings is going to change significantly. 
significantly. Instead of God's people relating to him via the law, they will relate to him in a relationship built on mutual love and affection. Romans chapter 7, verse 6, speaking of Jesus, saying, Having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. They were still serving in the old way, according to the law of Moses. But in that day, which is our day, it's going to be different. Whole new relationship between God and people. Verse 16, something else that's going to happen in that day. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. See, when you and I truly believe in Jesus Christ, in who he is, what he came to do, understand uh, that he is our Savior and our Lord and our King, right? We are born again, as Jesus said, born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And again, there is mystery with that because I look in the mirror, I don't look any different. But Jesus says, quite literally, the Spirit of God, the very presence of God, something of God actually moves inside of us. We are born of the Spirit. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? This was nothing that was possible before. This was totally new. The Bible talks about us becoming a new creation. The Greek uh, terminology there is something that's never existed before. A human being now with the spirit of God living inside of them. How incredible is that? God himself living inside of us. God. In me. Me. Right? Again, we don't look different on the outside. Look in the mirror. Something changes within. That hadn't happened yet for the disciples. Jesus hadn't died on the cross, hadn't offered his blood, hadn't made atonement for the sin of mankind. See, mankind, all of us, right, we're corrupted by sin, aren't we? From from that which Adam and Eve handed down to us in the garden to our own personal sin, we are corrupted. We are unclean in the sight of God. So until Jesus dies on the cross, pays the penalty for all of that, cleanses us from our sins, then we become a holy vessel then unto the Lord so his spirit can come and move inside of us. Another helper, Jesus said, to be with you forever. Forever. That word helper in the Greek means someone who comes alongside. Have you ever found yourself with a problem you didn't know how to handle? Um, something too heavy to lift? A deadline looming that you just knew you weren't going to be able to get done, and then somebody comes alongside, right? 
picks up the other end of that heavy thing, helps you to meet that deadline, helps you, gives you the benefit of their wisdom, right, to solve that problem that you couldn't solve. Someone, right, comes alongside of you and helps you in that situation. That's what we're talking, the the Greek word paraclete, the one who comes alongside. Jesus said the Father's going to give you another helper. Who was the first helper? Why, Jesus, of course, right? For three and a half years, he was helping them. He was he was teaching them. He was help explaining things to them, right, about the kingdom and, and all that God was and, and it was to them and who he, they were to him, et cetera, et cetera, what would be in the future. But now Jesus is going to be leaving. He's going to die. He will rise again. He will atone for the sin of humanity. And then he will leave. He will ascend and be at the right hand of the Father. He's not going to be around anymore, right? But another helper will come. This person, and I say person because he has a personality, not because he's a human being. This person, capital P, right, is going to pick up where I left off, Jesus said. And you know what else? He's never going to leave. Why? Because he's going to live inside of you. The very presence of God living inside of you. Not, not confined to his own human body like Jesus was, only can be in one place at one time. No, this is the presence of God living in his people. Never leaving. Be with you forever. He's the one now who will teach you. He's the one now who will encourage you and empower you and help you to understand truth. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know, it's it's more difficult, I think, um, for you and I. Lord bless that situation. Uh, First responders, whatever the thing is, God, just move upon that situation for your glory. Uh, Personally, I I find it more difficult to relate to the Holy Spirit as a person because he doesn't have a personal name. Jesus is a name. Father is a name, right? We, we, We can... As, as it speaks of relationship, but then he is the Holy Spirit. Like he's a thing, right? Rather than a person. But that's not how the Bible describes him, right? He is the one who is called our helper. He is the one who the Bible says can be grieved. He has feelings, right? He is the one who reveals truth to us. He's called our comforter. He's called our counselor, our guide. And I think that you and I do well to drop the the, right? And communicate with him personally and treat him not as something, but as someone. We don't don't always get that. You know, we, we're, we're taught, okay, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, right? And then the Holy Spirit is like this, woo, power, you know, 
Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going to send you someone to help you, to walk with you, to live inside of you, to be your spiritual personal trainer, if you will. That's never away from you. Who will speak to you, who will reveal truth to you, who will teach you, who will help your understanding. People say, I don't understand the Bible. Well, don't try to do it up here, right? You have the same Holy Spirit as the pastor has, right? The author of the book lives in you. Ask him to reveal truth. We have this incredible relationship with someone who Jesus sent to be with us, closer than our very breath. I think sometimes we, you know, we, we still live like they did in the old. Okay, I'm, I'm a Christian and I need to keep this rule and I can do this and I can't do this and I can do this and I can't do that, right? Instead of this, we, we talk about it a lot. We talk about Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. But how often do we actually treat it like a religion, like a set of rules? Instead of understanding what Jesus is saying here, I have sent you someone personally to you, personally to live inside of you, to illuminate truth to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, right? When, when you're going through it, to help you to find the truth, the love of God, the promises of God, to see his glory in your life, to help you through the ups and downs, to help you to, to, to know he's called the spirit of truth, right? To help you. I mean, the world is full of ideologies, right? And philosophies. What is truth? I know what truth is. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who will guide you and me into the truth. Keep our spiritual ears open, right? You know him, Jesus said to the disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There's the change. He was with them. He was with, and, and again, we, we, we kind of have to touch on the whole Trinity here, right? The fullness of God was in Jesus. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they were all there in Jesus because they're all connected too much for my brain. But he was with them in the presence of Jesus. He was with them in, in the anointing that came upon them. Remember when Jesus sent them out two by two and they went ahead of him into towns and they healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, right? The Holy Spirit, that was him, his power upon them to accomplish those things. He was with them. And we see that all throughout the whole Testament, Old Testament where the spirit of God would come upon someone for a period of time, be it Samson or, you know, uh, Gideon or whatever, the spirit of God would come and anoint them to accomplish a, a specific thing at a specific time. You know him. He's been with you. But now he will be in you. The same spirit that came upon Samson for incredible physical strength, right? 
The same spirit that came on the prophets to accurately speak of what God wanted to say. The same spirit, again, who raised the dead, made the blind to see. That same spirit lives in you and me to help us to do what God wants us to do in any and every situation. Incredible. Incredible. Again, no, no limitations here. Same spirit. It's his will. Okay, I, I don't I don't just decide, okay, I have the Holy Spirit living in me, so I'm gonna go out on uh, on, on the lake there in Canandaigua and just walk across because I can do that now because I have no. Jesus said, I don't do, and this is Jesus quote, I don't do everything I want to do, I do what the Father shows me, right? But again, if the father told him, go walk across the lake, which he did, right? Or make the blind to see, the lame to walk, raise the dead, et cetera, et cetera. Same Holy Spirit can live in you and me and work in our hearts and in our lives. Again, going back, what did Jesus actually accomplish for us at the cross? I'm going to ask the Father, he's going to send you this helper. He's going to send you this same Holy Spirit to live inside of you. In that day, in that day, A constant supply of help. A constant comforting presence of God. A constant spiritual personal trainer to walk with us and talk with us. We got to understand it. And, and treat him like he's there, right? Treat him like he's there. Talk to him. Ask him questions. He's a him. And expect by faith that presence to comfort, to guide, to lead, to give wisdom, to empower us to do anything from biting our tongue when we need to, to having some incredible gift to pray for somebody and see them get healed or whatever God wants to do. So, boiling it all down. Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension to the Father brought about a brand new era, a whole new way for human beings to relate to God where God would not be far off in heaven somewhere and probably too busy to listen to me, but, but might answer a few prayers now and then. To living inside this human body and being closer than my very breath. Anyone, rich, poor, young, old, whatever, who would believe and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior can receive this Holy Spirit. And what is he called? He's called our helper, the one who comes alongside 
and doesn't leave, right? With us forever to help us on our spiritual journey, to constantly uh, reveal truth to us, constantly remind us of God's love for us, to encourage us, to comfort us, to lead us in the way of the Lord, the way that leads to life and blessing and peace and wisdom. Somebody that warns us, We've all experienced that, right? Warns us when we're about to do something that's going to result in trouble. And even when we do blow it, right? Leading us back to the throne of grace and mercy. Restoring us in the love of God. And not only guiding us in the ways of the Lord, but empowering us with supernatural strength in our Weakness, right? Even the Apostle Paul, his power made perfect in our weakness. Why? Why all of this? So that our lives can impact the lives of other people. So that they can see the difference in us. And they can be drawn to know him for themselves. Make an eternal difference in the life of somebody else. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're there. You're there, whether we acknowledge you or not, but the depth of what we're going to experience of your presence and your communication with us. First, Lord, I know we need to acknowledge you. So we do that this morning. If you're here and you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you haven't had your sins cleansed and forgiven, uh, you you don't have that uh, starting place in a relationship with God. Maybe you're trying to keep the rules, whatever. But now as you've heard this gospel this morning, that God not only loves you and made a way to just forgive you of all of that, but wants to live inside of you and have a personal relationship with you. If that's your desire this morning, open your heart to him. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open that door, I will come in. If that's you this morning, just say, Jesus, that's me. I want to open that door of my heart. I want to be forgiven of all my sin. I want you to live in me. I want to know you personally and what it is to walk with God every day. Help me in that, Lord. Come into my heart and life, I pray. And if you've prayed that prayer in the past, I'm going to introduce you this morning to someone who's not only been with you, as Bart talked a bit this morning about, but lives in you. Would you acknowledge him beginning today? Talk to him. He's, he's, he's been given for a reason to help, to comfort, to guide. Ask for that guidance. Expect that guidance, that direction 
that peace, that wisdom. And let's see all the good things that God has in store for us. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your incredible gift of your Holy Spirit. Help us to know, to understand, and to experience all you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.